This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. To women who hoped to evade the ticking clock of time, Dr. Frederick Brandt was the most potent drug dealer in the world. And the dealer got high on his own supply. From Imperative Entertainment and the team behind Broken Hearts comes a new series that will challenge everything you know about fame, fortune, and the fear of growing old. I'm Justine Harmon, and this is The Baron of Botox. Hello, everybody. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. On this week's show, I have entrepreneur Kenyatta Griggs. Kenyatta talks about his upbringing in South Central Los Angeles. He also talks about some groundbreaking projects that he's worked on, such as Culture Vultures, Think and Ball Out, and also Hip Hop Motivation. That's all coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show. I trained myself to be an avid listener through listening to audiobooks as well as different uh, information that's on YouTube. And over time from this training, it's also helped my personal relationships where I'm not just automatically just chiming in and talking or listening to respond to where I'm actually getting a better understanding of where the person is coming from. Because it's, it's very important, especially when it comes to helping people that we first listen before we chime in and just give them our advice or whatever we're trying to give them as far as helping them along their way. It's very important to listen. And as we all know, you know, when it comes to psychology, listening is the first step. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. This is what high blood pressure looks like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. I can't button up a shirt. I can't run. I've had to learn to swallow again. That's the only more minutes that I have. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. Had I done this, had I done that, hell, I messed up. Get back on your plan. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. What it takes to truly get started on your path of success is first and foremost, you have to make a decision. You have to decide what it is you want to do, what it is you want to accomplish. From making a decision, then you go into using your own willpower to make it happen. Daily rituals have to be created in order to achieve anything. Listen, daily rituals, things you do every single day without compromise, that's where your willpower comes in. Without compromise, you do these things every single day. Welcome back to The Robinson Show, everybody. I'm your host, Ed Robinson. My guest this week is a person that is, let's just say he's made a force in the world of entrepreneurship, also serving as a, a confidant to someone that was a major force in the hip-hop community and also 
serving as a celebrity barber, where he's here to discuss some things, not just uh, some of his favorite sports teams, but also more importantly, to talk a little bit about some business ventures that he's working on. We want to welcome to the program entrepreneur Kenyatta Griggs. Kenyatta, welcome, my man. Peace. How's everybody? Man, we were all well, man. Peace to you, brother. So let's get right to it. Your upbringing, you grew up in Los Angeles. Tell our audience just a little bit about your upbringing in the South Central L.A. in particular. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm from Los Angeles originally, uh, Crenshaw and Slauson District on the west side of things. Uh, actually, um, around the same area where Nipsey's story is, where he grew up. And uh, good upbringing, man. Love, love, love life a lot when, uh, from a uh, time I was a little child up until an adult, young adult. You know, good upbringing, good people around the neighborhood. And uh, everything that I do is really kind of a reflection of that. All right, solid. So, again, you mentioned about your upbringing being in Los Angeles. I want to talk about the sports scene in Los Angeles for a moment. We know that it's traditionally always been a Laker town, but also the Clippers are coming along, coming along strong as well. And then you've got the two NFL teams with the Rams and the Chargers, and they're going to be moving in to their new stadium in Inglewood. And for the upcoming NFL season, I've got to ask you, were you a fan of uh, some of the sports teams in L.A., or did you root for other teams? No, nah, definitely sports fan of uh, the Lakers, man, all day. Um, I watched more basketball than football, but also was a fan of the Raiders when they were in L.A., and also the Rams growing up in the 80s, and but the Lakers all day, from Magic Johnson all the way to Kobe and Shaq. Awesome. Let's stay with the Lakers for a moment. You mentioned uh, Magic Johnson and, of course, Kareem and Shaq and Kobe. What was the right. city like during those period of times in those uh, championship periods? Well, it had a, it had a polarity of uh, different feelings going on. I mean, of course, in the 80s when you had Magic and Kareem, you know, it was heavy gangbanging going on, a lot of violence. You know, the crack epidemic hit L.A. pretty hard, just like everywhere around the world. Uh, but on the other side of things, it was uh, – it was very peaceful. It was actually great, man. You know, and the sports team actually gave people something to look forward to other than some of the violence that was going on in the streets, you know, because Magic Johnson and uh, Kareem were about excellence. And uh, seeing that actually began to uh, uplift a lot of people around the way. All right. Awesome to hear. So now let's transition now from sports now to entrepreneurship. You being in Los Angeles, a city where people are always on the move, there's traffic, there's people hopping from place to place, and certainly there are a lot of movers and shakers in L.A. and entrepreneurship. Can you tell our audience just a little bit about your first foray into the world of entrepreneurship? Oh, yeah, definitely. My first uh, introduction into the world of entrepreneurship, especially as far as independence, was uh, my aunt who ran a daycare. She was a school teacher. Um, she was a school teacher. That was her degree. And uh, for many years she taught school, and uh, she got tired of the low pay, and she decided to go into business for herself, and she did it right out of her house. She turned her house into a full operating daycare, and then, uh, you know, from there, that was my first introduction into independence. I didn't know what I was looking at at the time, but seeing that she increased her income and that she controlled her hours and she controlled everything around her at that point, and she was able to set a schedule to be around her own children, you know, it just made me feel like, hey, well, I guess there's hope. You don't have to be stuck in a dead-end job, and I learned that from a young age. All right, let's stay with your aunt for a moment. So she she provided the building blocks for you to escape the grit and grind in a traditional nine-to-five. What things do you carry on to this day from the advice that she had given you in terms of developing to becoming a celebrity barber? 
Good question, man. I mean, the first thing was that she was the first person to actually buy me a pair of clippers also. Like many years later, um, I was a person that wanted to get his haircut every single week. My mother wasn't able to afford it at the time. She got tired of hearing the song and dance every week, you know, because we stayed with my aunt. And uh, what she did was she took me to a store, bought me a pair of clippers, and told me in between haircuts, keep my hair up. And I didn't know, I didn't recognize it at the time, but I, she was actually she actually uh, telling me to take charge of my life. And she felt that every young man should be able to stay independent as far as grooming themselves. And so I went into it. I continued to learn how to cut my own hair after I would get haircut. And uh, the rest is history. And here we are today. And that was the, that was actually the spark that started me off on cutting hair. Awesome. Now let's talk about your clientele as being a celebrity barber. I heard an interview that you did with cut saw celebrities for the likes of LL Cool J, also Method Man and Red Man. Can you go and tell our audiences a little bit more about in, in detail about your clientele? Yeah, I mean uh, a lot of different people, man. You know, no name drop, but you know from. Red Man, Method Man, you know, um, Young Jeezy, I've cut T.I., I've cut a lot of different great people in the in entertainment. And um, what I've learned from them is also, you know, priceless because I got a chance to see how people are doing on, a, on, a, on the next level of things when you're trying to go after things and be the best you can be uh, on the world stage through entertainment. And it's very important that, you know, people understand that when you're on that level, there's no plan involved as far as, making sure that people are groomed well and making sure they're dressed a certain way because it's lights, camera, action at all times, so you have to be on point at all times. And so I was ready for it because I developed my, my skills in the barbershop for many years and before that to where I knew that, you know, every haircut was like all day drawn with no eraser. And so that's what I implemented into the entertainment business. All right, and speaking of the entertainment business, someone that you connected with, at one time, and uh, someone that you got a chance to connect with on a deeper, a little bit of a deeper level is uh, Damon Dash. Uh, because for those yeah. that may not be familiar with Damon, is that Damon was co-founder and CEO of Rockefeller Records, but since then he's gone on to do even big things with Damon Dash Studios, also Dash Diabetes Network, and also a host of other things. How did your relationship develop with Damon? Uh, the same way, just uh, from cutting his hair. It started off as uh, his barber. Whenever he would come to Los Angeles, he had a house um, in Beverly Hills, and I would cut him and Biggs uh, and everybody else from the Rockefeller crew. And uh, we just developed a friendship, and I was always more attracted to what Dane was talking about than anyone else because Dane was about giving back the information that he as he learned it. And I've also been a person to do that myself. So we connected on that level first. And, uh, you know, we developed a brotherhood that uh, – this trend that went beyond us shoot now let's see ava my daughter they over 19 over over 17 18 years now yeah because when i started cutting him ava was like probably like one years old or something like that like one or two so yeah like over 17 18 years damon is a very interesting character and i know even before the internet or even before social media he preached about independence he preached about blacks and just and people in general just having ownership creating things and creating content we're going to get to culture vultures in just a moment but was he very helpful in just taking your game to the next level uh yeah on a lot of different levels i mean you know uh the good and the bad of things you know like like anything else what i did what i did understand first off was that you know being an independent entrepreneur is uh all in bet 
and you have to continue to bet on yourself by upgrading yourself and getting getting like-minded people around you that can help you get to the goal that you're trying to achieve. And um, just being around Dame, that was pretty easy because it, it flowed because I'm also an independent, and that's what he does. So, you know, you have to you have to actually – it's funny because, you know, I was just talking about how association breeds assimilation, and he just we just sharpened each other up. You know, from being around him, I got a chance to see the good, the bad, the ugly of business, and I'm sure in some different ways he got a chance to see some good things from me as well. So, you know, I just definitely – I'm just one of those people. I'm a student of nature, a student of everything that's around me. So I pay attention. I listen to things that some other that other people would not even hear. So I just really pay attention. And, and one of the most important things that I paid attention to is personal magnetism dealing with Dame is that, you know, you can actually turn people to resent you talking to them a certain way or treating them a certain way. So it's best not to do that. Um, I'm, that's not my style of business, but, you know, in some cases that's his style. And uh, I respected that because, you know, he got a lot done from that style of business. But I, I, I'm not a person that does that, so it actually enhanced my game on the sticking to my script and continuing to be who I am in business and not turning into someone that's yelling at people or uh, demeaning them in front of other people. Speaking of yelling, I know Damon has a fiery personality and a fiery spirit. How did you get a chance to, to get through him? Because he seems that, you know, he's, once he's in the zone, it, it's hard for him to just kind of get out of it. How did you get to him? Uh, well, you know what? I asked him, I, I just asked, I mean, one of, the, one of the main things is I asked him a lot of questions beforehand, and he was always open to give me the answers, you know, anything that I would ask him. And I came to him and I said, hey, man, if I could, you know, I want to I do a book on you one day. And this was after I did, uh, I recorded him for my project, Thinking Ball Out, on a clip called The Secret to Balling. And uh, he was always game for it. And then all of a sudden he pops back up on the scene. I hadn't seen Dame. I hadn't seen Dane for about maybe a year or two prior, and he popped up, and then uh, we just pulled the cameras out, and we started talking. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to make sure that I was giving the culture more than gossip, more than just what his relationship was with Jay-Z, because that's kind of commonplace, and, and that's typical. You know, I didn't want to be like a lot of, like, the shows that just want to talk about the, the beef and who he had beef with and what this and all that. You know, I just wanted to talk about what it really takes to be an entrepreneur because I feel like that's the one main thing that a lot of people don't really come in contact with when you're growing up in the hood. And so I wanted to give that out because, again, association breeds assimilation. If people see and hear how what it takes to become an entrepreneur, maybe they'll take take uh, the game and use it for themselves. All right, and speaking of that project, you and Dane collaborated heavily on the uh, groundbreaking audio book called Culture Vultures, where you, give, you guys give an insight on – entrepreneurship and businesses and the, the things that you and him have gone through. Just kind of tell our audience a little bit about Culture Vultures and just the meaning behind it. Okay. Yeah, Culture Vultures is a book that deals with Dame's experience in business and the things he had to deal with um, when it came to uh, Rock Aware, when he was doing Rockefeller Records, of course, um, dealing with Jay-Z, Kanye West, and how he put these people in the game and what it took to get them there in spite of some of the blocks and some of the obstacles he had to overcome with people trying to tell him what hip-hop was and what the business was all about. And these people probably didn't know hip-hop or listen to hip-hop. They just understood selling records, and they didn't understand what the people wanted to hear. And so Dame had to deal with a lot of that stuff. And we just go into talking about, you know, the culture vultures, which are people that take advantage of the misunderstood, the people that don't have the knowledge of the business. They take advantage of them and don't give them the game. And then, you know, 
<laughs> then what happens later on, people look around like, damn, I'm caught up, I'm signed to a 360, or I'm not getting money, or, you know, my my album went platinum, but the record company's making majority of the money. And so this is these are the things we talk about in this book. And the other part of the book is that it's very, it's very like, um, unfiltered, you know, so a lot of the conversations we had, what I did was I made sure that the questions fit fit the book itself and the chapters as they flow. So that way people can get a good insight on what it really takes to be an entrepreneur. And I think we did an incredible job with doing that. We captured that, that essence uh, in Culture Vultures, the book. Yeah, I have a copy of the audio, but it is fantastic. We have some interesting titles you and Damon have with a such as we played our position, people that choose to win, also being being flavored. Those are just some of the chapters that are involved in culture vultures. And another thing I want to ask you about is another hip hop motivation audio book that you did called the uh, the Secret to Balling. Just let's tell our audience yeah. a little bit about the Secret to Balling. Okay, yeah, the Secret to Balling deals with natural law principles. It is actually the soundtrack to the movie. Uh, it is uh, it's uh, me. It's an audio book over uh, over music. So it's me reading my chapters over music, uh, produced by a guy named Frost out of Los Angeles as well. And uh, we just I just dealt with natural law principles and went over each and every topic that we talked about within the movie. When you know we got a guy like Snoop Dogg talking about research, and Michael Bernard Beckwith talking about research, and you know uh, taking action, obstacles, so many different topics. And I just stuck to the script. And the music that is on the audiobook is the music within the movie. And so it's strictly about natural law principles. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, uh, from doing it, I took things a step further than the movie because, you know, everyone said what they had to say from their own experience. But then I came with scholarship that actually connected the dots for a lot of people. One chapter on the secret to ball, and I want to bring up this, imagine that, imagination. We know that a person's imagination is very vivid, and the imagination can take you to places far and near. And sometimes imagination can be a good thing if you dream about things, but also be a bad thing if you dream about a lot of negative things. Just Can you kind of go in detail about that particular selection on uh, Imagine That? Yeah, Imagine That. It's one of my favorite chapters, actually. It's uh, It's an exercise on visualization. And one of the main things that people have to understand is that that is the first step into achievement because if you can see it, you can have it or you can be it. And so imagination is the is the is the beginning stages of you know the business plan it's it's the actual inner business plan it's the visual so you know once you once you visualize things then it's easier to put them on paper which is why um i made i made the chapter uh imagine that before a chapter called thinking of a master plan because once you visualize things it's easier to put it on paper and so it's the power it's, the, it's one of the most powerful it's the most powerful force that an entrepreneur can use and utilize for themselves is visualization. Imagination is the key to everything. All right. Well put right there. And now let's talk another about another project that you had called Thinking Ball Out. And there's some interesting chapters on Thinking Ball Out. I'm going to tell our audience just a little bit about what Thinking Ball Out is all about. Okay. Yeah. Thinking Ball Out is my first project. Uh, the same day I came up with the, the name Hip Hop Motivation is the same day I came up with the concept to write a book on the law of attraction from a hip hop perspective, uh, properly named after my favorite, one of my favorite books called Think and Grow Rich. And so I called it Think and Ball Out. And on this day, like about an hour after I came up with the whole layout and I imagined 
what I was going to do with hip hop motivation and including the books that I plan to write, Thinking Ball Out, is, which being the first one, um, I was shot six times and left for dead in the streets, came up, cops harassed me in that position, you know, was in critical condition, went to the hospital, woke up, finished writing the book, continued writing and uh, finished it. And uh, Thinking Ball Out, we're actually uh, laying that out right now so we can film it and actually uh, turn that into a movie. Myself and Red Man. Oh, wow. That sounds awesome. A chapter I want to bring up is called What's Pimping You? Now, that, that, can, <laughs> that, 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 can, that can definitely take on a lot of different meanings. Oh, yeah. What's oh, Pimping yeah, You? Man. You know what I'm saying? It could be life, yeah. it could be a lot of right. strange situations. Right. So can you just kind of elaborate more on that? Absolutely, man. What's Pimping You is also one of my favorite chapters because it deals with distractions. You know, distractions keeps us away from our vision and what it is we're trying to achieve. You know, when a man is on his purpose, you know, it's it's one of those things that you have to focus and you have to see things clearly in order to achieve these things that you uh, look to achieve. But with the, all these distractions, especially now with social media and all the different things that are going on and in the news, you know, all these distractions pull you away from your purpose. And one of the main things and one of the, the highest attraction forces a person can use is focus. And when you focus on things, it makes it speeds up the process, you know, because that is the that's the art of becoming and having and being is focus, because in focus, we are we we become we are that thing that we want to achieve, so-called want to achieve. But it's being it's happening as we focus on it. But what's pipping you is about my uncle. True story. Um, you know, <laughs> he went through a, a drug situation and uh, he lost lost a stable of women. Uh, among other things, and he learned a, a valuable lesson on, you know, on how not letting distractions pull you away from your higher purpose or what it is, whatever your goal is, you know. And I deal with that chapter because I'm, I'm not one for, you know, the aspects of uh, so-called moralism because, you know, everybody tries to be morally right and righteous. But, you know, you can learn a lot from a pimp. You can learn a lot from the gangbanger. You can learn a lot from the prison system. There's a lot of people that can teach you lessons, but you have to be open enough and willing enough to take the message and or to listen. And so what's pimping you deals with distractions, which is an important chapter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's an interesting title right there. So um that's thinking <laughs> ball out right there. And um I wanna tell you. I was like uh, I was like I was I was just laughing because I was like, Man, Red, we were just talking about that chapter. He was like that was one of his like his favorites. What's pimping you? Uh-huh. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, because that's that's uh it's always interesting. I mean, it doesn't have to mess. I mean, things can just mess with your mind. Like you said, distractions or yeah, people, yeah. just just so many, oh, so many yeah. outside forces, man, can drag you from, you know, one end to the other, and you can't concentrate. So it's not oh, you're right about that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk now about hip-hop motivation, which is your company, and also it's a, a YouTube channel that you have. And I've checked out a lot of videos on your hip-hop motivation channel, and you've had all different celebrities from all walks of life on your channel. And also this is your company that you use to produce a lot of your audio books. How did hip hop motivation right. come about? Well, again, it came about the day, the day I got, uh, about an hour before I got shot. Um, I was sitting at my station. I was reading thinking grow rich by Napoleon Hill. And I, you know, I've, I've always been one for read. I'm, I read a lot. I listen to a lot of audio books, but I got tired. It got to a point where, you know, me and my homeboys, we'd be going to a club, and then I'd turn the car, and then one of my audio books is playing, and they're like, man, what the hell are you listening to? And this is corny. 
you know, you hear some white guy talking in the background, you know, to me it's not corny because knowledge is infinite and I take knowledge from everybody, all races, all types. And, uh, but when you're hanging out with your boys, that don't sound too cool when it comes on. So what I said was I may, I, I had a concept to do something that speaks to the street, speaks to the hood and maybe even over music from time to time and really like to where they feel comfortable enough for listening to someone on the same frequency as themselves speaking the way they speak. And that's how hip hop motivation came about. And the company is a hip hop. Co- it's a it's a self help company from a hip hop perspective. And I want to stay with uh, hip hop motivation for a moment. That's your YouTube channel right there. And you've got so many tidbits that you put, so many tidbits that you use on those videos, and also you post a lot on on social media. How, what's the impact like with hip hop motivation? How's the brand impacted a lot of people on social media? That's a great question, man. I, I get hit up every single day. There's some form of DM or some message on YouTube and uh, or people walk up to me in the streets right here in Los Angeles. And it's interesting how many people are just really, you know, really on the frequency and everything that I put forth. Is there, and it's coming up to me telling me that it helped them. You know, there's no greater pleasure than knowing that what the work you set out to do is helping people. You know, forget all, you know, the money is one thing, but, you know, when people come to you and they damn near in tears and they tell you like, Oh man, I saw the video where you had the guy talking about child support and it really helped me. And I called him and I got my, my, my child back and, you know, and all that stuff, man, that is, there is nothing, there is no dollar amount that you can put on that, man. That does. I mean, it's just beautiful, man. The impact that I set out to, uh, that I set out to put out in the universe, my intention was in the right place and still is in the right place. So, you know, I already knew that it was going to come back like this, you know, because, I, my first step was to become a giver, you know, a giver of information, a giver of knowledge, um, a giver of some good advice, a giver of uh, some motivation to help people get through their day or achieve the things that they don't see that they can achieve. And so when people come up to me and tell me how I've helped them or how, you know, everything I've done with Dame and the questions, oh, man, that's that's the most beautiful thing in the world, man. And it's a lot of people that hit us up about this because the YouTube page is, it's crazy, man. It's, it's, you know, the subscribers don't tell what's going on, but, you know, it's like over 35 million uh, unique views and phones. It's crazy. And it's funny because we really should be like at a million subscribers. But from what I understand, there was some funny stuff that maybe went on and stuff. There ain't no telling. But, you know, that's another story. I got you. I want to talk yeah. now about just the, the power of creativity you know, you, your creativity is, is through the roof. I mean, you have to be, your creativity is already through the roof with being a barber because barbers are known to be, are very creative people. And I know your creativity has gone to, goes to an all time high when you're creating these projects. But are there any times when you can get in kind of to like a writer's block or sometimes you just have, you know what, I just kind of want to do this today or does it just, is it something that just flows naturally? Man, for me, I, I never had, I haven't had writer's block, and I don't, I don't think I will have writer's block because, like, I'm in love with what I'm doing, passionate about what I'm doing, and there's always something to talk about, you know, and there's always something to uh, go into. Like, I have, like, sometimes I write multiple projects or multiple chapters at one time. Like, right now, I'm also working on a relationship uh, book, uh, dealing with, you know, the ups and downs within personal relationships, and, you know, I, I, I love it. You know, it's like um, it's just so much to talk about, man. I never get caught up in the thing where it's like, oh man, this is, you know, I, I don't have I don't have the flow. The flow is always going for me, always. It's always moving, man. So you know, I haven't been here with writer's block, thank God. 
But I hear a lot of people do get hit with, with writer's block, but maybe uh, they have to check their purpose. You know, this is my purpose. This is what I love to do. And when a person's on their purpose, it should just flow. It shouldn't be something that you have to make yourself do. This is just should be something that's just commonplace and it just flows straight from the energy within yourself. Awesome to hear. So now let's talk about, are there any current projects that you're working on right now? Yeah, I'm working on Thinking Ball Out, the movie. I'm working on that diligently as well as the book. Because when I first did Thinking Ball Out, the audio book, I didn't know how to prepare a book. So Thinking Ball Out, the book is coming. And it's a lot more details, a lot more of what happened and just the things that I went through and I experienced. So, you know, that's coming. And then I have another project called Love is a Journey Worth Sharing where I'm talking about the relationships of ups and downs and then getting men and women in alignment with uh, getting on the right frequency to attract what it is and radiate off and attract, bring back in what it is that you truly desire. And then I'm also, I'm working on a project, Strictly Hip Hop Motivation, and we're going to do The Secret to Ball in 2. Um, I'm actually preparing that as well. That's going to be another movie. Now, tell our audience out there, like for people that want to purchase Culture Vultures, the sequel to Ballin' and Thinking Ball Out, where are the outlets where people can purchase those audio books? Absolutely, man. They can go to www.myhiphopmotivation.com. That's myhiphopmotivation.com. And all the projects, the links for the projects are there, as well as uh, my Instagram, which is hip underscore hop underscore motivator. And uh, they can always hit me up. And I'm on Facebook a little bit, not as much, but I'm really on uh, Instagram a lot. And I put up a lot of videos that I actually create myself every day. I take clips from different people, things that stood out to me, and I put them out there so people can learn from them. And actually, I'm going to be building on those really soon. Actually, within this week, actually this week, I'm going to start doing videos around some of the things I create with those clips that I make. And uh, it should be pretty fun. All right. Now, where can people find you on social media? And if you have a website, let them know that as well. The website is www.myhiphopmotivation.com, and my Instagram is hip underscore hop underscore motivator, and uh, my Facebook is Kenyatta Kari. Got to ask you a couple of more sports-related questions before we end it. Absolutely. LeBron or Kawhi? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I would say Kawhi is, uh, he, to me, he's more of a leader. You know, he has a natural leadership uh, vibration going on. LeBron seems a little more like he uh, – I don't know, man. It's up and down with LeBron. He doesn't really seem like uh, he's a great leader. He seems like he takes things personal, and he's he's not guiding his players sometimes where they need to be. Sometimes it seems like there's some fun, funny competition. or I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to say, man. But Kawhi seems like he's on the ball, definitely. Seems like an easier person to play with. Okay, well, now, again, uh, let's stay with L.A. for a moment because the Lakers and the Clippers, again, we saw the Battle of L.A. on Christmas Day. The Clippers wound up winning that game. Do you think yeah. uh, the Clippers have what it takes to win the NBA title this year? Or do you think, uh, I know even though it is a Laker town, do you think the Clippers have a chance or do you think uh, the Purple and Gold will win the title? You know what? It's crazy. I'm a Laker fan, but I'm not as much of a, Laker, of a Laker fan as I was when Kobe was playing. But the team is great. I don't know so much if they're all the way ready. It, it looks like it at times, but, you know, they, it seems like a little – the team is a little moody. It's a little up and down. The Clippers, they look great as well, but I don't think the Clippers are there yet. 
Um, I would say the Lakers before the Clippers, definitely. But uh, they seem like they, if they get it together, you know, they could do some great things in the playoffs. We'll see. All right, one last question. NFL, the Chargers and the Rams will be moving into their new stadium in Inglewood in uh, the 2020 yeah. NFL season. Do you have any plans of going to some of those games? Uh, oh, absolutely. A, uh, I'm, looking at, the, I'm looking at the stadium. I'm looking at the stadium as we speak. They're still fixed. They're still working it out. <laughs> I'm looking okay. at it as we They're still working on it. They're far off from it now, right now. But I would say by next season, they should be ready. Definitely, because it's like almost all the way up, but they still have a little few holes here and there, I think. Yeah, it's pretty. It's coming together, though, man. It's an amazing spot. All right, awesome to hear. And uh, you heard it from him. That's Kenyatta Griggs. He's an entrepreneur, also a motivator, and also uh, someone that put out his audio books and continues to do big things, not just in the entrepreneurial world, but also expanding into the film world as well and just giving you an insight on how to achieve your dreams. Uh, Kenyatta, thank you so much for being on the program. And if you ever want to come back on, feel free to let us know. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate your patience. No problem, man. Thank you once again, my man. And uh, we'll be back with more right after this. Sarah? Oh my gosh, she's so cute. How do you know, Cap? Oh my God, I'm gonna do it like I taught you. Love the new tattoo, Sarah. Let's go! Dude, what? Dude, that's Sarah. The girl in the pink shirt, that's the girl I was telling you about. Oh, that's Sarah? Theater 2 on your left. Hey, Sarah. What color underwear today? Hey, Sarah. So when are you going to post something new? Anything you post online, anyone can see. Family, friends. See you later, Sarah. Even not-so-friendly people. Think before you post. That's going to do it for another edition of The Robinson Show. I'm your host, Ed Robinson. And remember, put God first in everything you do and you can't go wrong. Until next time, stick to the script. I'm out. Peace. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.